Hello and welcome. With millions and millions of podcasts out there, you found me. We live on a planet and I'm your host, Patrick. I can't believe you did. Thank you. Surprising how many podcasts are out there now. I started back in 2017 and it just keeps getting bigger and bigger every year. Today it is Thursday, December 16th, 2021 when I'm recording this episode. It's episode 529. I'm titling this one, A Bigger Plan, and it is warm here in central New York. Early in the morning, and it's 52 degrees, the temperature 48, feels like. Highs are going to be about 60 degrees today. Winds are out of the south at 13 miles per hour. Super mild, super green, 60 degrees. Wow, I'll take it. All right, you know what's next. Stick around. We got lots to do. We'll be right back. And we're back. Here's our quote, unknown author. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but someday you will see that this was all part of a bigger plan. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but maybe someday you will see that this was all part of a bigger plan. Depending on what you're going through right now in your life, you might be wondering, what is this all about? There's usually a reason. There's a bigger plan. So just ride the wave. You can hear it in my voice right now, probably. I was ill. It has been quite some time since I've had my cyclic vomiting syndrome. And I got it yesterday, and I'm really bummed out because it was Aqua Spa's one-year anniversary party, and we couldn't go. I wanted my wife to go, but she stayed home to take care of me. She's so cool. And um, she just kept bringing me water and taking care of me, and it was just the typical, you've heard me talk about it before, so I'm not going to go through it all right now. But got our new TV and it's all in. It's the same TV I had before, just newer. It's a 55-inch LG. But it was a huge help for my oldest daughter and my wife. And uh, I had just a tiny little daddy-daughter date in the morning the other day, and it was really nice. We got bagels at the Riverwalk Bagel in Oswego, and then we went and got the TV, got it all set up on the wall, all the apps, all signed into and ready to go. I had to order an HDMI cable, though, with like a 90-degree angle to fit my HDMI import 3 because of the way my wall mount is on the TV. Everything else hooked in except for that, and so that's supposed to be coming today. But it's really weird. I had such anxieties about this whole TV deal over nothing because it all worked out fine but I was afraid that the mount that I already have on my wall I didn't keep any of the extra hardware that came with it so I was going off from my old TV was an LG hopefully if I buy another LG all the holes are going to line up and I was just gambling I had no idea if it was all going to line up and we got it out of the box and The holes were all in the same spot, and my oldest daughter goes, there you go, Dad, they're all in the same spot. And I was like, great. 
And then she went to put the brackets on. And at first, the top holes of the bracket, they didn't line up. But there's a bunch of other holes that are like sliding holes where you can slide the bracket. And I was like, oh, no. And she's like, no, Dad, don't worry about it. It's this. I, I've got it. And she just took care of it. And my wife, she's so good with the electronical techie end of everything. She got all that set up and all the cords. The cords were already through the wall, but we had to get them all together. And she she did it all. And my girls are awesome. I'm really lucky to have them in my life. So... What else are we going to talk about? Oh, I want to give a huge shout out to Radio Mylar, my friend Radio Mylar. He's been just giving me really good advice about we live on a planet and about like my R rating ideas and uh, just giving me moral support because if if you know, maybe it's your first show, maybe you've never came over, but I've been doing this since 2017 and it's always been very clean. I have it marked non-explicit in the podcast title episode or for the feed for it to be sent out. And I'm thinking about in the new year of tapping that little button and turning, we live on a planet explicit. Hold, hold, slow down, slow down. It doesn't mean I'm going to swear all the time, but it does mean that if I, for some reason, since this is all unedited and unscripted, for some reason, if I end up saying, I don't have to worry about it. I don't have to stress, or if I end up saying, yeah, which I probably wouldn't say that, but if I did, I will put an R rating on the episode to let you know, because Radio Myler was telling me, he's like, I really like the family feel of your show, you know, it can be playing in the background and it's family friendly, he was telling me how his, his podcast, Canadian Politics is Boring, is explicit. And uh, he's like, you know, if that's your feeling, go with it. But just remember, you have an audience of listeners that might not be expecting that. So I will, uh, I will mark the episode R-rated if if I, if I cross the line. I don't see it happening much, though. All right, stick around. We'll be right back. Uh, I'm feeling kind of like sandpaper this morning rough I just it was a rough go the other day and I'm really bummed out I didn't get to go to Aquaspa's one year anniversary party because I really love Aquaspa they're a good family to us I have a podiatry appointment this morning which I'm not looking forward to but uh okay what are we gonna do let's let's learn something since you're here, I might as well, besides just me rambling, we'll get a wrinkle on that brain of ours together. On this day, December 16th, the Boston Tea Party. We've all heard about that. In, Boston, in the Boston Harbor, a group of Massachusetts colonists disguised as Mohawk Indians board three British tea ships and dump 342 chests of tea into the harbor. The Midnight Raid, properly popularly known as the Boston Tea Party, was in protest of the P British Parliament's Tea Act of 1773. 
Yeah, the Boston Tea Party. All right, I'm scrolling, I'm scrolling. Art, literature, and film history, 2009. Blockbuster sci-fi film Avatar opens in theaters. Wow, was that way back in 2009? That movie was good. That movie was really good, and it's uh, one of the most expensive films ever made. And it is one of the most successful films of all time. I get, I, I'm pretty sure Matt Damon turned down that role. He's probably kicking himself right now. Not that he needed the money or anything, but. Uh, World War I, 1914. Germans bombard English port in Hartlepool and Scar Scarborough. Sports, 1973. O.J. Simpson rushes for 2,000 yards in one season for the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, he was a Bills. U.S. President's 1998 Clinton orders air attack on Iraq. 1960. On December 16, 1960, two airplanes collide over New York City killing 134 people on the planes and on the ground. Wow. Crime, 1989, a terrorist bomber begins his deadly rampage. Federal Judge Robert Vance is instantly killed by a powerful explosion after opening a package mailed to his house near Birmingham, Alabama. Oh yeah, the mail bomber. I remember that back in 89. He was mailing bombs to people and with, had nails in them and all that kind of stuff. Shrapnel. U.S. President's 1950, President Truman declares state of emergency over Korean War. And then in World War II, 1944, Battle of the Bulge begins. And I think that wraps it up for this day of history. Got a little wrinkle on our brain. When we come back, we will head on over to the fact site and find out a fact or two about something. We'll be right back. Just like that, we're back. That was easy. All right, we are at the fact site. Here is a brief history of Terry's Chocolate Orange. Tis the season to have chocolate oranges. I love chocolate oranges. Orange and chocolate just go so well together. You wouldn't think that it would, but you know what I'm talking about? Those Terry's chocolate oranges, those oranges that come in the square package that you have to smash on the table to break them open into little segments and then they look like oranges. Yeah, and it's the time of the season, like I said, when you most see them around Christmas and stockings. But when did Terry's chocolate orange first appear? The famous... Chocolate orange was first sold in 1932 in York, England. It was originally called the dessert chocolate orange and was packaged in a small box just like we know it today. Terry's chocolate orange followed on from Terry's chocolate apple, invented just six years earlier in 1926. Now that does not sound good. As you might imagine, the chocolate apple looked very similar to the chocolate orange, but tastes of apple flavored chocolate instead that does not sound good to me i love apples but who invented terry's chocolate orange 
It's been around for decades and is one of the most popular snacks at Christmas, but who is responsible for creating this wonder? In 1823, more than 100 years before the chocolate orange was first sold, Joseph Terry joined Badlin and Berry, a confectionery shop in Bootham Bar, York. He joined new owner George Berry two years later to rename the business Terry and Berry. It was later renamed again in 1828 to Joseph Terry and Company when Berry left the firm. Joseph Terry died in 1850, but the business was left to his sons and later his grandsons and great-grandsons. This is where the chocolate orange came in. When Frank and Noel Terry granted, gained control of the company in 1923, they developed a new factory, Terry's Chocolate Works, and a new brand of line of products. Terry's Chocolate Orange was among the first to be released, along with the chocolate apple and Terry's All Gold. During the Second World War, from 1939 to 1945, Terry's headquarters, headquarters became a factory to produce aircraft material. F. Hills and Sons, based in Manchester, took over the premises to fix and make propeller blades for military aircraft. The factory was returned to Terry's, Terry's officially named Terry's of York, after the war, and ration, although rationing and limited imports made it challenging to scale up production of confectionery items. Terry had many owners throughout the years. In 1977, Colgate Palmolive became the new owners of Terry before it was sold to the Union United Biscuits. Profits for United Biscuits fell by more than a quarter in 1993, creating financial problems for the company. So they sold Terry's of York to Kraft Foods, which officially renamed it to Terry's in 2000. Kraft Foods closed York's based chocolate factory in 2005, moving production elsewhere in Europe. Terry's continued to be produced and sold from factories in Belgium, Poland, Slovakia, and Sweden. When Kraft Foods split in 2012 to conform Kraft Food Group, in Mandelza International, Mandelza took control of Terry's. Then, just four years later, it was taken over by Erasio. Wow. There have been more than 20 different flavors of Terry's Chocolate Orange. What? You've already heard about Terry's Chocolate Apple, but did you know there was a Chocolate Lemon? It was released in 1979. This lemon-flavored chocolate ball was put on shelves, but discontinued just three years later in 1982. The chocolate apple also came to an end in 1954 due to limited supplies of cocoa available after World War II, so the company invested in increasing production of chocolate oranges instead. Since its beginning, there have been more than 20 different flavors of Terry's chocolate. These include raspberry, birthday cake, toffee crunch, cookies, and many more. Terry's Chocolate Orange has also been adapted into two chocolate bars and snack bags with similar segments, individually wrapped or unwrapped. Terry's remains a popular flavor of Easter, too, with a range of Easter eggs and mini eggs providing it's not, pr proving it's not just for Christmas. All right, we got through that. That was 
Easy. Yeah, kind of. We'll be right back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back, my friends. No F-bombs dropped today. No swear words. It's not the new year. I haven't decided still. I'm still on the fence with the idea of going explicit. The only constant in life is change. I don't want to change the podcast too much, and I don't want to scare people away. But I don't think a couple swear words here and there if they slip out. I've been doing really good, though, for this many years of not slipping out, but it causes a lot of pressure sometimes on me. And I don't want to be pressured. I just want to have fun. Come out and talk to you. Go over a little bit of what's going on in my life. Tell you about my woes or my successes. Right now my woe was that I'm bummed out about the Aquaspot party. <sighs> but TV's all up. TV's all set. Everything else is good. All right. Before we leave, I wanted to. Oh, I've got some phone calls too. Let me play those. But I want to go, did you know? Did you know the loudest sound ever heard on Earth was the eruption of Krakatoa in 1883? The Indonesian volcano eruptured, ruptured the eardrums of sailors 40 miles away, and people 3,000 miles away reported it as a distant roar of heavy guns. To put that in perspective... It would be like sitting in Boston and hearing a noise that came all the way from Dublin. Dang. That's loud. Dang. Yeah, dang. All right, stick around. When we come back. I got a couple of phone calls to play. We'll be right back. All right. I had a, I have a couple of calls in the wings because I didn't play them last week and uh, I screwed up. So here we go, line one. Patrick, I would totally be down for the steak and seafood thing, man. I would love to have a meal with you and have a conversation in person. That would be something that would be pretty awesome, I think. Uh, yeah, the Moon Knight thing. Uh, I did hear that Maybe Disney Plus was possibly going to work on something related to that. Also, a couple of weeks ago, I was watching an old episode of uh, Pawn Stars, and somebody brought into the shop a 9.8 CGC-graded slab of, I can't remember what edition it was of Moon Knight, but I think it might have been from either the 70s. I think it might have been from 1972. Two or 76, somewhere in there. It was a very high-grade uh, uh, copy of the book. And it, Corey didn't want to touch it, but it was a fantastic-looking copy of the book, and it was in really good shape. And, uh, yeah, it just looked like a really cool book from the 70s. It's probably worth... Uh, I can't remember what it what it was graded as, but it was it was a monumental issue too. I think it might have been the first appearance of Moon Knight. I think that's why it was so valuable, if I remember correctly. The character had 
been developed as a you know minor character and then it grew in popularity over the years and then it finally gained its own series or the character of moon knight finally gained his own series and uh he hasn't i haven't explored his character yet but i'd like to get there someday soon so moon knight i'm right there with you sounds sounds really great and i'm sure disney plus is going to do a great job with it thanks peter that's peter McHugh. uh I told him last time I would like to have him over for a nice steak and seafood dinner. We talked to one of my episodes about Moon Knight, a show that's going to be coming out on Disney Plus, and how I have good memories when I was a little boy reading the comic Moon Knight and making little um, capes and how mask for my Star Wars figures to make them look like Moon Knight. All right, here we go, line one. Five million dollars for Da Vinci's notebook? Wow, that's amazing. Patrick, hello. I'm telling you what, it's evening where you are. And uh, you're probably asleep by now, but I just saw your new episode come out and I just thought I'd let you know that I've been listening. It's so hard to tell who's listening out here. I know, I know. You and I both know it doesn't really matter. It's, it's, we don't know where, how far our voices are meant to travel. I'm in a sushi bar right now. Oh, yes, I am. <laughs> oh, by the way, did I tell you it's Maria? <laughs> I haven't called in in so long. You might not recognize my voice anymore. I hope you're doing well, my friend. And I just wanted to say hi and um, let you know you're doing a great job. Thank you, Maria. How could I forget you, Maria Humphreys? Of course, I know that voice anywhere. So do my listeners. You've got that just always happy sound to you. And uh, you're in a sushi sushi restaurant enjoying sushi the other day. All right, here we go. Line one. Good morning. Good morning. I know you do your podcast in the mornings really early. I've been getting up really early lately too. Customer service, that's what I call universe. Been waking me up to help my friends. So, how are you doing, Patrick? I've been listening into your show again. It's been so long and I just found it was lovely because I've missed your voice and I've missed getting wrinkles on my brain, you know? Uh, if you want to hook up for an interview on my station, that'd be great. I'd also like to tell your listeners about my new album. I'll send you the links. And, um, yeah, it's called Cool Collected Collaborations by Confession and Denial. And it's on Bandcamp. That's B-A-N-D-C-A-M-P dot com, Bandcamp. So, yeah, thank you. Thank you, Condensation. That's a call from over in Australia, and I'm very appreciative about that. And we do want to have Trudy on the show sometime. We've had her on as a guest before, and she's got a new album out, and uh, I encourage you to go find that and check it out. All right, my friends, have a good one. I will talk to you again real soon. Peace. Give me a call. Uh, Check out my website, WLOAP.com. Peace.